Just a reminder before I do anything else, just a reminder about our prayer meeting tonight, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock for an hour together here every Sunday night. And it's a, it's a powerful time and it's a good time and it's what we need in our church. So if you can be with us and those that come regularly, that'll be great. We invite you to be with us 6 o'clock on Sunday nights. You've been hearing about the coldest night of the year. This, this is just a little illustration. It's a bit, bit much, isn't it? I said to them, I'm not sure this is a good idea, uh, to, 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 you know, but it's uh, the coldest night of the year. And can you imagine what it's like being outside if this is how cold we are inside? Can you imagine for some of those homeless folks that are out there with very little and uh, struggling? So, so what the coldest night of the year is all across Canada... They, they organize and they have these, uh, these walks, okay, on the same day, I think it's the 25th of February, the Saturday. On that day, people like us, we walk and you raise uh, sponsorships so you get money and all of the money that comes in. So either you walk and, and, and raise money or you give money, as Pastor Lori has told you, all the money that comes in goes to shelters across Canada that people can go to at times like we had this week. I heard on the news this week that every shelter in the whole city was jammed. You can understand that. It was cold this week, wasn't it? I'd get you to raise your hand up, but you probably haven't warmed up enough to be able to get your hand up in the air today. Man, it was freezing this. Isn't it wonderful living in Canada? Hallelujah. It was my, I think it was minus 27. Man, that, that should be illegal, shouldn't it? That should just be illegal, really. But just a reminder, okay, so... We can do something about the coldness for those that are out there. At least we get to go home and be in a warm uh, house and uh, in a nice warm bed. Thank the Lord for the blessings that we enjoy. So here's a great opportunity. And uh, Jen uh, Zalonka is heading it up for us. So you can be a part of that either by giving or walking. And uh, last year when we walked, it was a cold day. I hope it's not quite that cold when we walk this year. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to be in God's house this morning. Amen. Last week we shared with you from Exodus chapter 14, Exodus chapter 14, and we recounted the story again of the children of Israel as they'd come out of captivity and they came to the Red Sea, and actually God had led them there. Do you remember that? God led them right to that place, and the Red Sea was in front of them. They couldn't, they couldn't get around it. They couldn't go under it or over it. They were stuck. And worse than that, when we started to read in Exodus 14, verse 10, it said there that they looked up where they'd come from, and the Egyptians were following them, coming to take them back to captivity. And so fear and terror. Do you remember the fear and terror part? That's our human reaction, isn't it? And they, they, they started to accuse Moses and blame God and, and murmur and all that sort of stuff. And, and Moses got up and said, listen, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Verse 15 Stand still and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Today you're going to see something that will blow your minds, that you'll never forget. And so we talked about the three miracles that took place before they got to the other side. The first was the moving of the cloud. And now the angel of the Lord came around behind and the pillar of, of cloud protected them. So before it had been in front of them to be their guide, now the pillar of cloud went behind them to be their guard to protect them, right? And so the Egyptians couldn't get through and they prepared. And then the second miracle was Moses held up his, his staff over the water and the Red Sea parted. All night long it says the Red Sea parted so that in the morning the children of Israel were able to go through on dry land. What an amazing thing. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there? Man, that would have been awesome, wouldn't it? To see them go across, I don't know, a million or two million of them all together, you know, everybody, they all got across to the other side. And the third miracle was Moses held his staff out over the water again, and the water closed back in. The trouble was the Egyptian army had decided, well, if the, the Israelites can get across, we'll go and get them, right? And so they were out in the middle of the, the Red Sea, and when the water closed in, the Egyptian army was all drowned. God got great glory that day, protected his people, and they were on their way to the land of promise. In verse 15, in verse 15, is what I want to share with you this morning. God says to Moses, Moses, stop crying out to me. Stop praying. There's a time to pray. Listen, folks, we need to pray. 
I've got to take my hands out of my pocket. Sorry, excuse me. That's, that's, that's impolite. Um, my mother would slap me when I get home. Sorry, Mom. Um, you know, so uh, uh, where, where was I? <laughs> pray, yes, yes. Don't put your hands in your pockets when you pray. Amen, amen. There's a time to pray. And, and thank God we've got prayer warriors in this church. we got to pray. We need heaven. Hallelujah. We need God to be on our side. We need God to invade our space. We need God to be our banner. That's what it was about. God is our banner. He's there for us all the time. We are the people of God. Praise his name. And so we need to be praying. But, but God said, listen, Moses, stop praying. There's a time for praying, but now's the time for some action. Tell the children of Israel... To go forward. Go forward. In the NIV, it says, tell the children of Israel to move on. Move on. Move on. And, and I would say, even in our, our modern vernacular, we'd say, go ahead. Go ahead. Go forward. Move on. Go ahead. And I want to share about that today. Because I believe God always is saying to us, just as Moses said to the children of Israel, don't stay where you are. Don't go backwards. Move forward. Move on. Go ahead. There's more for you. There's more for you. I believe God wants to say that to all of his people today. We can look at the, the history in the Bible. We can re recount all that. And we see how God is and how he works. Thank goodness for that. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. That's important. But God is with us today. And I believe God would say the same thing to his church and to his people, which includes us. He would say to us, move, move on, go forward, go ahead. This is a time. You know, you say, well, pastor, I look around the world and the world is in bad shape. Listen, folks, the world has always been in bad shape. Ask the Israelites when they're stuck between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army coming. Man, oh man, that, that was fear and terror. Let's, let's. Hear the voice of God today. It's time to go forward. Go forward. Move ahead. And so there's the graphic on the, on the screen for you. Go forward. That's what we're going to talk about today. Why can we go forward? Why can we go forward? Well, there's three little reasons that I read in the story that help us to understand why we can go forward. The first reason is because we are God's people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're God's people. We're God's people called by his name. He sent Jesus into this world so that he could redeem us and bring us back to be sons and daughters. He didn't want to leave us alone. He's got his people. And when you read the story about the children of Israel, God is their God. They are his people. He's working with them. And the wonderful thing is he, God says, Moses, tell them, tell the Israelites, my people. I've got a plan for them. I've got a future for them. I've got a hope for them. Plans to prosper them and to bless them. That's still the promise of God for all of us today. God's got a plan for every one of our lives. And God's got a plan for all of us together. It's time for us to believe that we are God's people. And if we're God's people, he cares about us. He cares about you. He knows what you're going through. He knows your name even. Isn't that incredible? That's amazing when you think about it. You think of seven billion people in the world and some weird names out there, but God knows them all. My mother-in-law, Betty Laird, God bless her. What a great mother-in-law she was. We miss her, don't we, Ray? Desperately, we miss her. I remember back in, 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 in years ago when, when we were a little younger and uh, Pastor Jeff was in the house as well. He was a little bit younger. And we would be there for some function together as a family. And uh, I, I, I remember Betty. She, she would start to get a little frustrated and, and, at, at Jeff. You know, Pastor Jeff now, right? And she would say, Neil, Wendy, Kim, Dallas. That was the dog's name. Dallas, Jeff, Jeffrey. You know, you knew he was in trouble, right? She eventually got there. Aren't you glad God eventually gets there to our name? Hallelujah. He may, you know, he, boy, sometimes he looks at us and he says, oh, Dean, you know. Sometimes I feel like the dog. How about you, you know? But God knows me. And you know what? We are the people of God. Why does he want us to go forward? Because we're his people. 
Because he cares about us. Because he's got plans for us. Because he knows what we need. And he's prepared in advance the blessings that he wants to pour out upon us. And so we say to the Lord, give us today our daily bread. Don't just give us the manna from the past, but give us what we need today. Why? Because we're your people living in this world, and we are wanting you to help us and guide us and direct us and go with us where we're going. God wants us to go forward because we're his people. And as long as we're his people in this world, he's got a plan. He's got a plan for you, young man and young lady. He's got a plan for you, young couple. He's got a plan for you, middle-aged people with all the stresses of life and family and all that. I can even tell you today, retired, gray-haired people, God's got a plan for you as well. Why? Because you're his people. He hasn't given up on us. When he stops having a plan for me, he's going to take me to heaven. I can hardly wait to get there. But until my feet stop being operating with, with gravity and I go up to be with Jesus in heaven, he's got a plan for us. I, I'm part of the, the, the family of God. Hallelujah. He calls us by name because we're his family. Why does he want us to go forward? Because we're his people. The second thing, and this is easy to remember, they all start with P, because of the Lord's purpose. The Lord's got a purpose. And when you read the story there, he tells us in verse 13, today you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. You're going to see deliverance by the hand of God. Verse 17, I'm going to get me honor. Verse 18, that the Egyptians and everybody will know that I am the Lord. That's the purpose of God. People want it. To know him, to, God wants people to know who he is. He wants to know that the Lord is real and that he's alive. He's operating in our world. He wants to have relationship with us. He's got a purpose. Why does he want us to go for? Because there are purposes of God that are still in operation. There are still people who don't know Jesus as their personal savior, who haven't been brought out of sin into salvation to be the children of God. God wants to embrace every person that's ever been born. He doesn't want anybody to perish, my Bible tells me. He wants us all to come and to be in his family. He wants to take us all to heaven. There's a purpose that we're living in. There's a purpose for this church to be here. There's a purpose that you're drawing breath. There's a purpose that God has blessed you and given you favor and given you finances and given you strength because God's got a purpose for his people. Hallelujah. Why are we going to go forward? Because there are purposes in God that we have not realized yet. There are things that need to happen. This week, some things are going to happen in the economy, in the kingdom of God that have never happened before. And how does God do them? Does he send angels into the world? Well, look around. You may think these aren't looking like angels, but this is who he's using. He's using all of us. That's what he does because we're his people. And because he's given us his power and his strength, he wants to use us in his purposes. He hasn't just put us here to, to get fat, physically or spiritually. He's put us here so that we will be about the work of the kingdom. Hallelujah. We are kids of the kingdom. We are his people operating on the purposes of God. When, when Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. Do you remember that? When he was about 12 years old, they'd gone to the Jews, and, and, and they were halfway home, and they realized the boy isn't with us. He's not playing with his friends. Where is he? They found him back in the temple. And what does Jesus answer to them? He says, didn't you know that I was going to be about my father's business? Do you know what, folks? We're going forward in our own personal lives and together as a body of believers because we want to be about the king's business. Hallelujah. There's a God in heaven who's got business to do and he does it through all of us. Hallelujah. You may be a doctor, a lawyer, a garbage collector. You may even work at McDonald's or Walmart. But you know what? God has got a plan and a purpose for all of us and what we do to get money from outside there is not the greatest purpose. The greatest purpose is to be involved in the kingdom of God. To love people. To care about them. To let them know that God has got a plan for their lives as well. Hallelujah. So we move forward because we're God's people. And because God's got a purpose. And thirdly, we move forward because of the Lord's promise. The Lord's promise. Aren't you glad that he's made promises? 
Aren't you even gladder that he's never broken a promise? He's a promise-keeping God. He's never said anything that he hasn't come through on. He's never made a promise that he hasn't made good on. And if he hasn't made good on a promise, that means it's still going to be made good on somewhere in the future because he's a promise-keeping God. God says, and you read about it in verse uh, 14, that the Lord will fight for you. You just need to stand still. That's the promise of God. He's on your side. He's going to give you your daily bread. He's going to watch over you. He's going to watch over your going out and your coming in. He's going to, in other words, watch over you on the 404 and the 401. He's going to watch over you wherever you go, even when you get home. He's with you all the time. He makes great promises to us. And when we feel like we're in a battle, when we feel like we don't know what to do and where, where to go and what's going to happen next, God is our God. He's fighting for us. He's on our side all of the time. He's going to be there and look after us. And third, uh, the second part is in verse 16. Uh, it says that God is going to let Israel go through on dry land to get where God wants them to be. Do you know what? You may be facing problems and issues and things that you don't understand and that you've never faced before. And you may hear from the doctors and you may hear from the economists and you may hear from your banker that you're not going to make it. But in Jesus' name, God makes promises to us that we are his people. And we breathe as long as he gives us breath. Hallelujah. And we live to give him glory. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. This week, I read a, an, an article, a blog, from one of our missionaries, John Kerr. Good friends of ours and, 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 and good friends of, of Stephen Heather Chalner. Uh, they're in Zambia operating there, looking after the Bible college that is raising up leaders in that, in, that, in that nation of Zambia and around that area as well. And John wrote a blog uh, about something very interesting about, about going forward in these times. It's going to come up on the screen, and Wendy's going to actually read it for us, okay? From where she's sitting. She's not going to come and stand here. It's a little lengthy, but, but I want you... You're going to read it on the screen, but Wendy's going to read it as well. Thank you, Lisa, for putting it up there. This is what John Kerr wrote. About the time the coronavirus was starting to sweep the globe in 2020, the world's favorite worship songs fell into my iTunes collection. The Lion and the Lamb, Miracles, You in My Life, Let It Be Known. At first listen, I didn't pick up much. This was a far cry from Rejoice, the Lord is King. These songs seem to be recorded with a live and lively audience most of the time. They seemed a little loud to me and maybe slightly distorted. Still, once I googled up the songs and transcribed the lyrics so I could follow along, this pulsating worship music with its loud raspy singers got to be a favorite start to the day, maybe accompanied with some calisthenics. I found myself singing along with what sounded to me like hard-driving songs of defiance. A victory cry from the Now Generation Church, shouted out in the face of hard times. These songs had the feel of protest songs, or the raucous songs of the soccer fans at a Liverpool game. Let it be known that our God reigns. Our God mm. reigns. We lift, lift you up, up. Yes, up. Come on, let's turn it up. We're going to sing it out for all the world to hear. Oh, 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 whoa. How do you beat that kind of song during down times? There's love for everyone. A new day has begun. Something to shout about. Let it be known that our God saves. Mm. Our God reigns. Yes, we lift you up. Let it be known that love has come. Love has won. We lift you up, up, up. Nothing can stop us now. No one can keep us down. We found our voice again. Oh, oh, oh. Fabulous. But when you caught your breath, and as the virus spread, a question kept popping up. How do you sing such songs of invincibility, such defiant, triumphal songs, in a world like ours? The question got louder, as the music did. As the tentacles of the virus spread even further, reaching around the globe, choking out life, young and old with its lethal reach, 
the question seemed even more pressing. How do you sing such songs in times like these? Maybe my collection was for another era. By November 2021, the U.S. had recorded 771,000 deaths to COVID-19. And the very contagious Delta variant, twice as many as all the previous year. Around the world, 2021 turned out to be such a deadly year as the virus gained momentum. As of June 10th, some 1,884,146 people had died of it, compared with 1,880,510 in all of 2020. And yet on many a morning during those fearful days of 2021, my collection of the latest worship <laughs> songs kept pounding out sounds of triumph. Mm. Every high thing must come down. Mm. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You have overcome. You have overcome. I loved their tone, or let's say their theme. Yet my songs seemed like such a stretch. The virus was striking very close to home. Most everyone I met was, if not infected, definitely affected. When some dear friends and spiritual leaders, mm -hmm. people like Catherine Boala Chachi and Elizabeth Sakala succumbed, mm -hmm. we had to ask again, how do you sing such songs at times like these? Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Never mm. failed me yet. I've seen you move. You moved the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Still, worse times were to follow. 2022 turned out to be a year for various mutations of the virus. And by the end of the year, it was estimated that the outbreak of the coronavirus disease had spread to almost every country in the world. 6.7 million people had died after contracting the virus. We were in the grips of a worldwide plague. And yet, on many a morning in 2022, I was hearing the sounds of Soul Survivor and Tom Smith. Because you can make my soul sing, you can make my world breathe. Nothing is impossible with you in my life. With you, I'll cross the river, walking on the water. Nothing is impossible with you in my life. With you in my life, with you in my life, nothing is impossible with you in my life. Then, as though the virus were not enough for our battered world, Russia opted to launch its horrific war on Ukraine in February 2022 a barbarian invasion for modern times. All our lovely sanguine expectations of a better Y2K world, of a century in which our better angels were coming to the fore, all lay in the shambles of Buka and Dnipro as the Russian hordes poured into vulnerable cities. War crimes which left the world stunned in disbelief. Innocent civilians massacred in the streets atrocities without number, infrastructure reduced to rubble, bombed out theaters, schools and hospitals, mass graves, horror upon horror, tragedy upon mm. tragedy. How do you sing loud songs mm. of triumph mm. during the barbarian invasion of 2022? The God who was and is to come, the power of the risen one, the God who brings the dead to life. You're the God of miracles. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. Yes, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Not only were they declaring faith in our sovereign God, these triumphal songs of the contemporary church, they were doing it loud. These were songs of a defiant faith, and songwriters like Jonathan David and Melissa Helson promised still more <laughs> volume. I raise a hallelujah mm. in the presence of my enemies. Mm. I raise a hallelujah yes, Lord, louder yes, than the unbelief. 
I raise a hallelujah, my weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah, heaven comes to fight for me. I'm going to sing in the middle yes, of the Lord. storm, louder yes, and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death yes, is defeated, defeated. the king, king is alive. It was as though such songs of triumph would not be muted. Unless, of course, the hearer chose to turn the volume down. Isn't it amazing, I thought, at the very time when the world was reeling from calamity to calamity and perhaps questioning the providence of God as the missiles flew and doubting the calm hmm. assurance of the desiderata that the universe is unfolding as it should. This young, now-generation church was shouting out its long-standing faith in the unshakable sovereignty of God. This was against all odds, and the music had gone viral in everyone's favorite songs of the year. At the very season which seemed to call for something more nuanced, a more muted statement of faith, perhaps a toned-down view of divine determinism, these youthful songs were dinning out strong Calvinistic conviction that God is in control of all things, yes, no matter what. Hallelujah. I was picking up unqualified faith in divine preservation here, that God keeps all created things existing and upholds all things by his word of power. I was hearing the doctrine of divine concurrence, that God cooperates with created things in every action, accomplishing all things according to the counsel of his word, of his will, that while the lot is cast into the lap, the decision mm -hmm. is wholly from the Lord. There was the traditional doctrine of God's government here, that God directs all things in order that they accomplish his purposes, in that his kingdom rules over all. My songs were all about the providence of God. I decided that these loud songs must be exactly the right sounds for our viral days. At the very time when the new atheism would demand empirical evidence for God's existence, at the very time when a toned down Arminianism might say that God responds to human choices and actions in such a way that his ultimate purposes are served, at such times, my music drowned out all such denials <laughs> and modulations with loud songs of triumph. This music wants nothing to do with even a hint of demurrings. Somehow, this now-generation church keeps shouting out its victory louder and louder in the most unqualified terms. Yes, the problems of the world seem overwhelming. Yes. We're still walking around these walls, hoping mm. that they will fall. No, we do not have the solutions to our mounting challenges. Indeed, the old problems of sin and evil are as persistent and prevalent as ever. Yet still, this irrepressible faith of today's church keeps finding new expressions in its <laughs> noisy songs, hard-hitting, defiant, and most definitely loud. <laughs> I decided to leave the volume alone. Loud, it seems, is what these songs must be. Earplugs will again be needed at the doors once concerts resume. Mm. But these are days of adversity. The mystery of evil, if not the horsemen of the apocalypse, is stalking the world. This is our yes. time to shout it out. Yes, Lord. The yes, historically Lord. rooted, recomposed, and remastered song of a defiant church. Are these songs pure escapism? Does the contemporary church have its corporate head buried in the sand? Are we not facing the problems of our day honestly? No doubt there's something to that. But what if our modern songwriters are impelled by the same spirit which gripped the ancient prophet as he faced his own invading armies and composed his reeling, upbeat shiganuf? No doubt we'll be putting Habakkuk to new loud music as well. Though the fig tree should not blossom, mm. nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yes, I Lord. will take joy in the God of my salvation. 
God, Hallelujah. the Lord, is my strength. He makes my fear, my, my feet. feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my yes. high places. Hallelujah. 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 So we sing a hallelujah in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, we're going to hear our praises roar. That's what the words of the song say. I'm so glad, Steph and Carly and Cheryl and, and Vanessa. We're singing the songs that are in the church today. Why? Because we're not giving in to all of the stuff around us. Hallelujah. There may be a lot of problems. Folks, there's always been a lot of problems. Always there's been things out there. But in the name of Jesus, we the church called by his name are going to lift our voice because he has not changed. Hallelujah. He's still our God. Hallelujah. We are the Lord's people. We go forward because of the Lord's purpose and we go forward because of the Lord's promise. Hallelujah. So we go forward in what? We go forward in what? Why do we sing these songs? Why do we have inside us a hope that the world can't take away? A peace and a, and a presence of God that the world doesn't understand. Why do we go forward? Well, we go forward even in the midst of obstacles. Even in the midst of obstacles. Children of Israel, there was the Red Sea. Talk about an obstacle. They had the Egyptian army coming behind. Talk about an obstacle. Maybe opposition as well, right? There were obstacles. But the Lord said, Moses, tell the children of Israel to move on, to go forward. But there's obstacles. But there's opposition. There's things coming against me. Nobody's helping me. I'm all on my own. Tell the people of God to move forward. Tell them to go ahead. In spite of obstacles. In spite of obstacles. There's always been obstacles. Ask Jesus. There's always been obstacles. There's always going to be opposition. But in the midst of that, we go forward in spite of obstacles that are there. We go forward not only because of obstacles and opposition, but we go forward in, spite, in, in obedience. Hallelujah. We go forward in obedience. That's, that's number one, isn't it? We go forward in obedience. We go forward in obedience. Tell the children of Israel to go forward, to move on. And then down in verse 22 it says, And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and a wall of water on their left. There was obedience. They might have thought, sure, I'm going to just step out there and you know what's going to happen, don't you? It's all going to come crashing down. I believe God today, but what if I step out and God isn't there tomorrow? What if I act in faith and God doesn't show up? No, they went forward in obedience. Hallelujah. They went forward in obedience. So the children of Israel crossed over. Ours is not to reason why. Ours is just to say, speak, Lord, because your servant wants to hear. And when we hear the voice of God, and when we hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit inside us, we choose to obey the voice of the Master. We say, Lord, we will go forward in obedience. You will make a way where there seems to be no way. You remember when they got to the, the Jordan River, it was the same way. The, 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 the priests who were carrying the Ark of God, they had to put their feet in the water. And when they put their feet in the water, the water opened up and they all went across. They could have stood and said, no, no, the last time, God just opened it up by himself. We're going to wait till he does that. But no, the command was this time, put your feet in the water, priests. And when they did, why? Because obedience. And God might tell us something different than he told us last time. In fact, God does that. Remember we talked about it? How God doesn't do the same thing all the time? He does some weird things. He does some things that don't seem normal and natural in the world. But when God speaks, he always comes through. And if we will act in obedience, we go forward in obedience. We hear the voice of God and we say, yes, Lord. Whatever you say, we're going to do. And we go forward in obstacles all of the time. Notice one thing in the midst of the obstacles when they were going forward. It says, the children of Israel went through on dry ground. It doesn't say that 10 of the tribes went through and two of the tribes said, mm, we'll wait here till you get to the other side and see how it goes. 
We'll, 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 we'll let you go ahead and we'll, we'll reserve judgment. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll, we'll go with what our eyes can see, not what our spirit is told. No, you know what? There was unity. They went forward all together. They all went through. It doesn't say that even granny was left on the other side. Hallelujah. It doesn't say that the weak and the lame and the unbelieving, the stragglers were left behind. They all went through. There was unity. They all went through. And when we go forward, we have to go forward together. We have to go forward in unity. We all have to go. We all are going. That's the joy of being in the family of God. When you're in the family, we do it all together. Sometimes you moan, sometimes you don't agree, but when the vote is taken, we all do what God tells us to do. Hallelujah. So we go forward in spite of obstacles because we're going in obedience and we go together. There's cooperation that happens. There's cooperation that happens. There's going to be some decisions that we're going to have to make. There's going to be some decisions that maybe we don't fully understand. There's going to be some decisions that we might not uh, agree with right away. But we want to hear what God says to us. We want the still small voice of the Holy Spirit to speak into those that are in in places of leadership. And together, we want to obey and we want to go forward in unity. How blessed it is when people, brethren, live together in unity. Because, yes, tell me, Steve, that's where the Lord commands his blessing. That's where he pours out his blessing. How many need the blessing of God? How many would want more blessing of God? We can't live without the blessing of God. And how's that going to happen? When we live together in unity, that's where God commands his blessing. We are united around what we read. Thank you, John Curd. Wasn't that powerful? We're united around that. We're not concerned. You say, well, how can we sing those kind of songs with all of the garbage going on in our world? When the whole world is turning their back on God. When they're thumbing their nose at anything to do with God. Have you noticed that in our woke world? That's what they're doing. All the more reason for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and to sing that we believe that God is still on the throne. God is a God who still has a future and a hope for every single one of us. He's got purpose. Hallelujah. So they went forward in obedience. They went forward in spite of obstacles. And thirdly, another O, easy to remember, they went forward in observance. They went forward in observance. You get down to the end of the chapter, verse 31, and it says in verse 31, and when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, they drowned in the water. The people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. In other words, The people feared God. Notice they were fearing the Egyptians way back. Terror, right? And Moses said, don't be afraid. If you're going to have fear, you need to have a healthy kind of fear. A fear of God where you say, I want what God wants. I'm not going to go against God. It's not terror, but it's a a confidence that God is in control. And we're going to follow him no matter what he says and no matter where he takes us. We're going to follow God. Hallelujah. So in observance, they believed God because they saw his hand. And they believed God. They observed that God was their God. And they believed in God and in his servant Moses. Before they'd wanted to lynch Moses. They were, there was mutiny on the bounty. Right? There was mutiny there because Moses, why did you lead us here? But when they saw the mighty hand of God, got to move forward in observance. Got to move forward in believing in God and trusting Him, even when we don't fully understand or we don't see all the issues. And we need to move ahead with the man of God or the woman of God that God brings to be our pastor and to be our leader. That's what we want. We still believe in the call of God. We still believe in the call of God, that God speaks and that God calls and God says, this is my purpose. You're the one that comes. We want it to be good to God and to us and to the Holy Spirit that we will fall. And just like the children of Israel, we will move forward in observance and we will believe God and we will come alongside and behind the person that God calls to be our leader and to be our pastor. And we will follow 
Because if they're called of God and they're hearing from God and God is working through them, that's what we want. Amen? That's where we're going to go. We want to go where God wants us to go. We want to go forward in God. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So they move forward in obedience, in spite of obstacles, and in, in observance. And what was the result? What happened? Well, number one, they got to their destination. They got to where they were going to. I can't read that. My eye, this must be, must be my eyes in that back. I look at that. It even says what I just said. They got to their destination. In other words, they got to the other side. The result was they got to where they were going. They got to the dry land on the other side. They went through the problem. They went through the obstacle. But now that was history. That was past tense. Now they got to their destination. They were on their way to the land of promise. How many of you have gone through some problems? I should probably ask the other way. Shouldn't? How many have never been through a problem? Sickness and disease. We've been there. Difficulties with our family. Marriage. Problems with the world out there. Struggles. We, we've been there. We've had obstacles along the way. But we've got through to our destination. God is still our God. He's still leading us. Number one, they got to their destination, and more importantly, and I like this one, God accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. God's purposes were fulfilled. Hallelujah. As we go forward, as we move on, as we go ahead, we will get to where God wants us to be. We won't get there by staying where we are. We won't get there by going backwards. We will only get there when we go forward. Because God is always a God of movement. God is always a God of advance. The kingdom of God is always advancing, my Bible tells me. So we need to move with God. And when we do, we will get to where God wants us to be. And we want to be where God wants us to be. Amen? And when we do, the purposes of God will be accomplished. I hear lots of desire from the people of God. I hear lots of things that we're believing God for. Can I tell you something? If we move forward in God, if we move on, we will see all that God has for us. We will see the purposes of God accomplished in our day, in our midst. Hallelujah. That's what we're believing God for. That's what we're praying for, Hilda, on Sunday nights. Amen? That's what we're believing God for. We are just going to stand and say, God, we're going to go forward. We're going to move on. So I'm saying to you, individually today, what God told Moses to tell his people, move on. Move on. Go forward. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to say to us together, to us together, I want to say the same thing. Let's move on. Let's go forward. Let's go ahead. Thank God for the past. Thank God for the past. God has been faithful. God has been good to us. But hallelujah, he's got best ahead. He's got more for us than we've experienced. He's got things that will blow our mind if we will just open our hearts and move forward in the purposes of God. Hallelujah. And so today... You've got your communion. Did you get your communion as it came in the door? You at home that are watching on line, trust that you've got something, some bread, some juice there that you can... If you didn't get one, the ushers are going to help us at the back there. Why do we take communion? Why do we eat the bread and drink the juice? Well, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 reminds us. He reminds us, doesn't he? He says, I'm delivering to you what I received myself. That the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And broke it and gave it to the disciples. And he said, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. There's enough for all of us. Hallelujah. There's enough for all of us. This bread is for you. When you eat this bread, do it in remembrance of me. The only reason we eat this bread is because we are saying, Jesus, the Son of God, has come into the world. He died on the cross. He paid the price for my sin. His body was broken. 
so that my sins could be forgiven. I receive Jesus as my Savior, as my way to get to God. Through Jesus, I become a son or a daughter of God. My past is gone. My sins are forgiven. God can accept me. When I eat the bread, I'm participating in the body, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. Let's eat it together in thanksgiving to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And then after supper, Jesus took the cup and said to them, This represents my blood, which is going to be poured out so that your sins can be forgiven. The price has been paid by the blood of Jesus. His death is in our place. I don't have to die for my sins. Jesus died for me. And when we drink this in remembrance of Jesus, we are saying that I'm trusting Jesus, that because of his death, because of his spilled blood, my sins can be forgiven. I receive that into me. I make it a part of me. I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. It's not whether I'm a man or a woman, whether I'm tall or short, whether I have money or not, or whatever other distinction we want to make. We all come through Jesus. There's only one way that God accepts us. There's only one way that God forgives our sins, and that's because of the blood of Jesus. And so when we drink the blood, this which represents the blood today, we're saying, Jesus, let your blood wash me and cleanse me and set me free from my past and my sin. I receive Jesus. Let's drink it together in thanksgiving for his blood and his sacrifice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just make a little bit of an added distinction today? Because that's what communion is about. But can I suggest to you and to me that when I eat that bread and I drink that juice, that I'm saying to God, in Jesus Christ, I'm going to move on. In Jesus Christ, I'm going to go forward. In Jesus Christ, I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going back to my old sinful ways. I'm not going back to the things that, 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 that my human flesh and, and nature wanted me to be involved in. I'm moving ahead into the things that God has got planned and prepared for me. A future and a hope as a child of God. Can I suggest to us today that every time we take communion, we are saying, I'm going to move on. I'm not staying here just saved. I'm not just saved and, and hoping that somehow because I, I'm going to get to heaven. No, we're saying, I'm going to move on in the purposes of God. I'm going to accept all that God has for me. I'm going to embrace everything that God has prepared for me. I'm going to swallow Everything that God feeds me in Jesus' name. I'm going to move forward in the purposes of God. I'm going to be further ahead next month, March the first Sunday when I take communion than I am today. I'm going to be further ahead when I take communion on the first Sunday in 2024. Should Jesus not come before that? I hope he does. But if he doesn't, I'm going to be moving ahead. I'm not going to be where I was in 2022 or 2023. Hallelujah. I'm going to believe the songs that we're singing in Jesus' name. I'm going to say, we are the children of God. We're the army of God. We're not involved in the warfare in this world. We are involved in spiritual warfare against the, the devil and against wickedness. That's trying to. Have you noticed how it's destroying our world? But in Jesus' name, we're going to move ahead as children of God. We're going to be about the purposes and the promises of God. Every time, can I suggest that every time I take the bread and I take the juice, that I'm confirming in myself and I'm saying to the Lord, yes, Lord, I'm moving forward. I'm going ahead. Can we say it together as a congregation? Oh, Jesus, 
Thank you for what you've done so that we don't stay where we are, but we move into the full purposes of God. All that you've got prepared for those that love you. Oh, our eyes haven't seen. Our ears haven't heard. It hasn't entered into our our imagination. The good things that you've got prepared for me. Oh, if we could just see how much God loves us. If we could just see how much he wants to do for you. If you could just see the blessings that he wants to pour out on you. Not so you'll get fat, but that you will be a blessing in the world as Jesus was a blessing in the world. That's what he calls us to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If that's your belief today, if that's your confirmation with me today and you say, Pastor, I received that, would you stand? And I want you just to lift your hands as I close in prayer today. As a congregation, as people, we're going to say, Lord, this is our desire. We hear your voice calling, and we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want you to lift your hands in faith across this building to the, the, the God who is in heaven, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who sent his son Jesus into this world to give us life. I want you to lift your hands to the one who is above all things, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, the God who gives us life. I want you to know that God, and I want us to receive all the good things. So, Lord, as we lift our hearts and our voices and our hands today, we're saying yes to you, Lord. We hear your voice that we must move ahead, that we must go forward, that we must move on, that we must be where you want us to be. Forgive us for staying where we want it to be, in our comfort zone. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for not listening to your voice. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for the times when we, when we went our own way. Today we are confirming with our hands towards heaven saying, pour out your blessing upon us, O God, and we will move in the purposes and the promises that you've given to us, that we will be your people, even in a dark and a dying world, even in a world that, as we've read uh, with Wendy today, that is struggling and, 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 and so many issues and so many problems, and we don't know where the world's going, but it doesn't seem good. We, your people, are saying, we are your children, O God. We raise a hallelujah. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the enemy, we lift our voices in faith to God who through Jesus Christ has brought us back into his family so that we can experience the fullness of all that you prepared for those that know you and love you. We are your people. Hallelujah. You know us by name. You care about us today. And Lord, I pray that as we move forward, that we will see The blessing of God poured out upon us. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out upon us. Holy Spirit, come and let the power of your presence come and fill us and fill this place and fill us to the point where we will receive all the good things that you want us to enjoy so that we can be a blessing in Stouffville and in the greater Toronto area and in Ontario and in Canada and around the world in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Together, we're going to go where you want us to go. We want to get to the destination. We want your purposes to be accomplished in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks for listening to Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stouffville Pentecostal Church, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.com. Have a great week.